Well, we're doing a little series called Fullness, Living in His Fullness Every Day of Our Lives. And I want you to notice with me in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, he prays that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. I like how the Passion Translation says, And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith that we being rooted and grounded in love. Now I notice something interesting where it says that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. The Passion Translation says, then by constantly using your faith. Is it important for us to use our faith concerning the strength that God has made available to us? Is it important for you and I to live by faith, to talk by faith, to walk by faith, and to access every good thing that our good, good Father has given us with our faith? It's vital that you use your faith. Thank God for other people's faith. Thank God for being able to agree with one another. But folks, at the end of the day, there's nothing like a faith-filled, Bible-toting, tongue-talking man of God or woman of God that overcomes the world with their faith. And so he says that by constantly using your faith, that the life of Christ, use your faith, that the life of Christ be released deep inside you. And the resting place of His love will be the very source and root of your life. I have faith in the love of God. I have faith in the life of God. Oh, hallelujah. Now notice with me in verse 18. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, and say it like this with me, that I may be filled with all the fullness of God. What he's saying that the extravagant love of God pours into us until we are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. When you and I are filled with the fullness of God, we are filled with the fullness of God's love. God's love for us, and then God's love flowing through us to other people. So I want to talk just a little while this morning about how we can tap in then to the fullness of God as a way of life. It begins, my friends, by walking in love. We're going to look at some practical steps. It is the will of God for you to abound and for me to abound and to grow and increase in the love walk. 
You know, in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9, Paul prayed that your love would abound yet more and more. Still another translation of that says that your love would grow and increase beyond measure. Now the way that your love will grow is by being aware that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. But then by practicing the love walk, we will all have ample opportunity to either walk in love or to walk in the flesh. Galatians says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Amen. And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How many of you know the flesh can be ugly? The flesh can be mean. The flesh can be very fleshy. But God has given us the antidote for walking in the flesh. It's walking in the God kind of love. Hallelujah. And one way that we can practice love is by being patient and kind with one another. We can practice love by being patient and kind to those people that we work with. Yeah, but you just don't know. They're just this and they're just that. Get yourself free from that and walk in the life of God and walk in the love of God and you will never fail. Being impatient and being unkind does nobody any good at any time, especially you. And so in life, it pays for us to take the high road. You know what the high road is? The high road is the God road. The high road is the love road. The love road never, ever fails. And somebody said, Amen. Now, I want you to notice 1 Thessalonians 4 in the message translation. This is rich. Regarding life together and getting along with each other. Folks, we need to get along with each other. Christians need to start by getting along with other Christians. Regardless whether you agree on everything that your brother or sister believes. And so he tells us, get along with each other. He says, you don't need to tell me what to do. You're God taught in these matters. Just love one another. Next verse. You're already good at it. Your friends all over the province of Macedonia are the evidence. Now notice this last phrase. Keep it up and get better and better at it. In other words, this is talking about growing and expanding. Not allowing our lives to be restricted by the works of the flesh, but grow and expand in the love walk. And you've got the ability to do it. He has furnished you with the equipment to love one another. You know what Jesus said? In John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35, he said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love what? One another. Now notice the next verse. He says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you wear a raider's jersey. 
By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you wear a 49ers jersey. Now, I have a Niners jersey, but I didn't wear it because I didn't want to cause strife between the Raiders and the Niners fans. And so I'm neutral today. Amen. I'm a Warriors fan. And the word Mark literally means warrior. Amen. Hey, ho, ho, oh, hey, hey, oh. Never mind. Somebody says, what was that? I don't know. So this new commandment is not a suggestion. It's a commandment. And so it is important then for us to make sure that we're showing love to one another and that that love that's in us flows out of us to the world. If we can't love one another, we're not going to be very effective in showing love for the world. He said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples indeed if you have love one to another. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I just don't feel like it. I'd rather whip the person. We spent a lot of time with Ricky and Sally this past week driving in the car to the meeting, and Sally's a Cajun. And she said she had to turn over certain details in the church to Levi, her son, so he could deal with it equitably because she said, I just feel like whipping people. Now, if you're honest about it, some of you have felt like whipping somebody as well. It's like one preacher, he got so upset with another preacher. He says, I'm just going to go, I'm going to whip that person. Yes, preachers sometimes feel like whipping people. But a wise old minister told him, you might be able to whip a skunk, but you might not want to, because when you're finished, you'll smell just like him. This love is not dependent on our feelings. It's not based on our feelings. Love is a choice. Now, how many of you can honestly say you really want to experience God every day of your life? You want to experience love every day of your life? I don't know about you, but I could use a greater manifestation of his presence in my life daily. You know, sometimes people come to church and they feel the presence of God and, you know, but Monday comes and it's all leaked out. You know, just one trip down 880 leaked it out. Or one person cutting the line at Lucky leaked it out. Well, I felt his presence. It's good to feel his presence in church. But it's also good to sense his presence on your couch at home. It's also good to sense his presence when you lay down at, at night and put your head on the pillow. God 
wants to manifest His presence to all of us in a greater way, in a greater degree. He wants to take us from one degree of glory to the next. And I found a verse of Scripture in John 14, 21 that I believe to be a major key for you and I to experience greater degrees of His presence in our life. In John 14 and verse 21, look at this verse. He says, The person who has my commands and keeps them. We just looked at the command. And the word keep there means does them. That is the one who really loves me. If we really love God, we'll love one another. That is the person who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him. Now notice this. And I will show, I will reveal, I will manifest myself to him I will let myself be clearly seen and I will all say say felt how many of you know feelings are good I will let myself be clearly seen by him and I will make myself real to him so do you see the connection keeping the commandments gives him an entrance to manifest himself by his presence in your life in greater degrees. He said, I will let myself be clearly seen. Are there some things we need to see? Are there some things we need to know? How many of you need some wisdom right now? If you will position yourself in his presence, there are things that you will see. There are things that you will know. And he will make himself real to you. And what this does, friends, is this shuts the door on the devil. Quite frankly, there is another presence called strife that knocks on our door regularly. And in James, the third chapter, it says this. That where envying and strife is, there's confusion. Where envying and strife is, James chapter 3, verse 16. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion. God is not the author of, he's not the author of confusion. So if you're walking around confused in life, you might need to do a checkup to see whether you're walking in love or not. It says where envying and strife is, there is confusion, but not only that, and what else? Every evil work. A good friend of ours said it like this. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said that strife is the manifest presence of the devil. Do you see why it's so important not to get in strife with what's going on around us? Because it is an open door to confusion and to the manifested presence of 
of the evil one. So we're going to walk with God. We're going to walk in love. And we are going to keep the door shut and give no place to strife and confusion in our lives. Let me share with you a couple things that will help us walk in the God kind of love. The three S's. Number one, love sees the best in others. Pray that you would see other people through the Father's eyes. Number two, love believes the best of every people, of every person. Amen? You see the best, you believe the best, and you will have the best. And then number three, love speaks the best. Love speaks the best. So what we need to do then, when we're walking in love, is watch our words. Watch our words. In 1 Peter 3.10 it says, He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his, and his lips that they speak no guile. Ephesians 4.29 in the Amplified, let's read it together. It says, Let no foul or polluting language nor evil word or unwholesome talk ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as, as is good and, and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and gives God's favor to those who hear it. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now you're going to see some things. You're going to see some flesh. You're going to be tempted to criticize and to judge. Instead of doing that, Pray for people. Lift them up. Don't tear them down. Lift them up before the throne of grace. Pray for one another. Now, if we're going to do that, we're going to need to stay full. Stay full. Stay full. Look at your neighbor. I know some of your neighbors are... 50 yards away, but we're on the 50-yard line with this message, incidentally. Look at your neighbor and say, stay full. Hallelujah. Stay full. The other day, the, the Lord gave me this thought. <clears throat> Sometimes before people can stay full, they need to get full. Oftentimes, you know, we, we preach on staying full, staying full, staying full to a congregation that's really not even full yet. And I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody, but it is our responsibility to get full of God's Word. Full of God's Word. Full of God's Word. When you're full of God's Word you then become full 
of faith. And when you're full of faith, you have something to use against the attacks of the enemy. I think one of the biggest attacks that Christians have faced in these last couple of years are the attacks on their emotions. Their attacks on losing their, like Brenda said today, losing their joy, but also losing their peace. But if you are full of the word and full of faith, you then have a stronghold to stand against the strongholds of the enemy. We are in a battle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We do wrestle against the evil spirits that are in this world. There is a battle. And we cannot enter into the arena of this battle empty. I tell you, if there's one thing that we learned, Pastor Tom and all of us on staff, if there's one thing that we learned when we were shut down and shut out and couldn't have church, we learned the importance of staying full ourselves. We were not going to allow what was going on in the world around us to discourage us. Because I'll guarantee you, if Pastor Tom and I and Brenda got up on that platform discouraged with no one in the house, it would not have fed you. It would not have encouraged you. And so we learned the value of staying stirred up. We learned the value of staying prayed up, filled up. I mean to the top. Because when we got on this platform, we did not want to project despondency because we know the things that you were going through. There was an air of fear, an air of despondency across the whole Bay Area. So we determined in our heart, we're going to stay full of the Word. And we are going to continue... In the things that brought us this far. We're going to continue in the lean times. We're going to continue in the fat times. We're going to continue in the good times. We're going to continue in the bad times. We are not backing down and we are not backing off. And so these are fights of faith that we battled together and that you have come alongside and battle with us. We've got armor, folks, that's battle-tested. Hallelujah. And so in your life, you will face similar things. You may not face the things that we face, but in your life, you have faced some severe and serious challenges these last couple years. But you are still here. You are still breathing. You're still praising. You're still declaring who you are, what you have, and where you are in Christ Jesus. 
And as a result, you've come this far by faith. But we got some further places to go. And it's like Brenda preached a wonderful message years ago. The fuller you are, the further you will go. Look at your neighbor and say, the fuller you are, the further you will go. So this thought came to me. Yes, you're encouraging people to stay full, but some of my people need to get full. So we get full by getting full of the Word. But there's also another way to get full, and that's to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. To experience what they experienced on the day of Pentecost. When there came a sound from heaven, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues, and it sat upon each of them. It was the Holy Ghost came upon them. And they all lifted up their voice and began to speak in a heavenly language as the Holy Ghost gave them the utterance. You see, the gift of the Holy Ghost positions you to get fuller and fuller and fuller of the Spirit every day of your life. And so at the end of communion today, I'm going to give an altar call for those who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to pray and we're going to believe God. Everyone say, I'm believing with you, Pastor. Now here's a couple of ways to stay full. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, says this, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Are you ready? Are you really ready? Notice this with me. He's saying you will be wise if you know the will of God. That's a large subject. But one of the aspects of being in the will of God is found in verse 18. Notice with me. Read it with me. And be not drunk with wine, wherein as excess... We could read it like this. And be not loaded with cannabis. I mean, the world has made it so easy. I mean, you could have a delivery by Super Bowl time at 3.30. Order some Taco Bell and miss the whole game. Be not drunk with wine. Don't get loaded on the spirits that are of this world. Now, I'm not going to deal with the issues of wine or not, you know, whatever. No, I, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in drinking. I've come a long way. And I'm not going to tempt myself by having a Budweiser. I found out this, that Bud didn't make me wiser, it made me dumber. So I'm not going to fight with you over that. But there is a spirit in this world that's lurking. 
and wants to fill us. There's another high that people get out of pornography. Right? Some of the endorphins kick in. And that's why pornography is such a trick and attack of the enemy. It brings you up and it slams you down and puts people in a cloud of condemnation for sometimes weeks and months where they can't even get out of it sometimes. So, how many of you are still with me? You haven't gone to the dispensary yet, hopefully. (laughs) I'm not trying to be a smart aleck today. I'm telling you the truth. There's things out there in this world that are very seductive. And it's not just beer and wine and marijuana and pornography. There's seducing spirits out there trying to lure us away into a compromised, mediocre, lukewarm Christian life. Yeah, but I'm on my way to heaven. Yeah, but why not have a little bit more of heaven here on earth? Are you tired yet of the hell that you've been going through in some areas of your life? Oh yeah, hell presents itself. But you don't have to stop there. It's like Dick Burnell said years ago, if you're going through hell, don't stop. In other words, stay full. It's getting better in here. It's getting better. It's getting gooder and gooder in here. Be not drunk with wine where it isn't is excess. But what else? But rather be filled with the Spirit. We had to wake up every morning and say, fill her up, Lord. Fill me to the top. Fill me to the brim. Constantly and continually. Woohoo! Well, Pastor Mark, I know brother so-and-so, and he's filled with the Spirit, and I heard he robbed a bank yesterday. He wasn't filled on that day. Well, this brother, he'd been in the ministry for 50 years and had three affairs. He was filled. Yeah, but something leaked. Oh, my brothers and sisters. So how do, how do we stay full? Well, in verse 19 it says, we have the ability to speak to ourselves. This word, be filled means in the Greek, but be being filled continuously. How? By speaking to yourselves. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't have a good voice. You don't have to be a recorder. You don't have to be a music artist. You can make a joyful noise to the Lord. 
We had a major choice to stay full on the freeway the other day. We left our hotel for a flight at 7 p.m. in Tampa, and we were on the road for almost three and a half, four hours. And I'm telling you, it was gridlock. You talk about Satan coming in immediately to steal the word. I wanted to open the window and shout. But Brenda and I, we started singing. We started singing. We started practicing singing psalms and hymns to the Lord. We just kept singing over and over again. I'm keeping my mind on the Lord every day. I'm keeping my mind on Him. I can have what I say. We got things in the Spirit. I'll tell you what, whatever that pressure was, because I could feel the stress. How many of you ever felt the stress? I could just sense the stress be broken. The band was gone. And we made it to the aeropuerto in better condition than we would have been if we would have allowed ourselves to go there. I got a word for some of you. Don't go there. Go to the rock. Go to the rock. Go to the rock that's higher than you. So he says, I can't sing. Well, you can read, can't you? There's 150 psalms that came by the spirit of prophecy. You can read those psalms. You can hum those songs. You can stay full of the spirit of God. And verse 20, notice with me, here's another way you can stay full. Read it with me, giving thanks. Come on now. Giving thanks. Giving thanks for all things unto God and the Father (laughs) in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo, glory to God. Folks, I'm telling you, living a life of thanksgiving will make you happy. It'll increase the fullness and the presence of God in your life. Cultivate a thankful heart. Have a thankful heart to God for His goodness, for His salvation and all of His rich benefits that accompany it. Here's what a thankful heart does. A thankful heart attracts more blessings. While an ungrateful heart repels God's blessings. Someone said this, if you want to cultivate gratefulness, deliberately move your words and thoughts from what you don't have to what you do, for you will always have something for which you can be grateful. Start your day day out by thanking God. Start your meal out by thanking God. End your meal by saying, Lord, thank you, that was a great meal. Be thankful. The question I have is this. Are you maintaining gratefulness? Are you maintaining the fullness of His Spirit? If you will, you will experience Him manifesting Himself not once in a while, but continuously.
continuously. On the other hand, being a whiny baby. How many of you have ever been a whiny baby before? Don't, don't raise your hand. <laughs> don't, don't, keep your hand down. But being a whiny baby, moaning, groaning, and complaining will invite another presence in your life. And it will cause the things that you have desired so much to be depleted out of your life. Someone said, I'm going to be full of thanksgiving. You know, sometimes we just need to ask ourselves, what are we full of? What are we full of? Are we full of bad reports? Are we full of fear? Are we full of anxiety? I just don't know what I'm going to do. That's what the scripture talks about. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And lastly, also to maintain the fullness of the Spirit, we can pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit charges you up. Just like a battery needs charging, your spirit needs charging. Jude verse 20, it says this, But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make what? In other words, you will make progress, you will build yourself up, you will rise like a building higher and higher if you will adopt praying in the Holy Spirit as a way of life. And I will include praising in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Now notice verse 21, the first part of this. It says, this will guard and will keep you in the love of God. This will guard and keep you in the fullness of His Spirit. I have to remind myself of these truths continuously. This is why I have devotions that I do, not out of ritualism, but out of a relationship. One of the things that I've written in my devotions, and I will read it to you as Pastor Tom comes, and we're going to get ready to receive communion, and that is this. Praying in the Spirit will edify and build you up, cause you to make progress, and keep you in the love of God, and enable you to be a blessing. And to pray effectively with a pure heart. It'll keep you from contamination and pollution, bitterness and complaint. It will keep your spirit, soul, and body sound. It'll keep you in righteousness and peace and joy. It'll keep you from being unholy, ungodly, unchristlike, and unthankful. It'll keep your tongue from evil. It'll keep your body under and keep you with a Christ-like attitude. Oh, the benefits and all oh, the blessings.
of praying in the Holy Ghost. The love of God, my friends, never fails. So I want to encourage you, love one another. Stay full of the Word. Stay full of the Spirit. If you're not full, get full. And life is going to be better. You will enter into a no-failure zone. Let's stand up, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Did you receive the Word today? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God.